am special guest. Katie Scheid. This is the Power Motion Picnic Hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Power Motion Picnic Hour. As always, I'm your host, Dave, and as always, alongside me is... Trevor. Trevor, what's going on? How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, Dave? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing pretty great. Uh just just living life, running, thinking about running, talking about running. How about how about you? Yeah, same. I'm 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 planning about running. I'm 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 dreaming big about about running next year. Um it's an exciting time. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm plan I'm planning too. Um and an exciting week, as you could hear uh in the intro. We had a great special guest this week. Um and we had an awesome talk. We had a great talk. Thank you so much, Katie. Um, just a real pleasure and, and an honor and um, incredibly humble uh, and and just some some fantastic perspective, I thought, uh, when you consider somebody so accomplished uh, as as her. But yeah, thank you so much, Katie, for for coming on and, and adding special guest uh, to your resume. Yeah, and qu quite a revealing uh, episode in a number of ways. And I guess we'll let people uh, find that out. As to get mm -hmm. there, I, I still haven't decided what I will and will not bleep um, <laughs> from our discussion. Right. Uh, so, so even I don't know, but how much information will be, will, will be coming out from that interview? But I'm excited to find out. We'll we'll see. Well, um, I think I think any information divulged uh, related to our alma mater or otherwise is is probably out there in the public domain for the intrepid listener that 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 goes to to seek it so we'll we'll see we'll see how 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 you we'll just see. how judicious you are uh, yeah in, how, in your edits and how easy we want to make it for people uh to find out more information uh about the history of this podcast and how easy i want to make it on myself to edit the interview right. itself <laughs> so <laughs> another there, another factor yeah there's yeah. gonna be a crossroads there um as a famous uh alma mater of our school once said two paths diverged in a wood and I uh <laughs> and I didn't have time to do all the edits that I wanted and that right. has, has made all the difference I actually I don't think he was a um an alum but he did he's very he's associated too many a lot of hints associated prominent uh prominent name in the area um I believe there's an interpretive trail yeah uh, I think he was paid to live there <laughs> <laughs> was the job he held you know yeah uh, yeah yeah um and that that's a great clue um and yeah more clues to come i don't know what do you think should we go to the interview and then come back or is there anything let's, you want to discuss off the top let's let's go right to it and then we can we can come back to some regular business uh right after the interview all right let's go this is the power motion katie's mom grew up in sudbury Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. where that's where you are right now. That's where I am right now. <laughs> oh, that's cool. All right. That's where I am right now. <laughs> You're also in Sudbury? No, I mean like this oh, is where okay. I am. Um oh, okay. I'm I'm in uh New York City in uh, Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Different than Sudbury. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I'm in a, a small apartment in the city. You can almost see the entire apartment right now. <laughs> that's that's the way I go. Where where are you calling it from? Oh, I'm in southern France, so uh, like an hour and a half north of Nice in the mountains. Sounds great. Sounds, sounds very, very lovely. Sounds um, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you guys both. I appreciate that. Uh, how's your friends? Um, it's conversational. 
That's good. I've claimed that level of French before, and I don't think that's correct. <laughs> I It's tough. It depends on the situation and who I'm talking to and what we're talking about. <laughs> sure, yeah. I'm going to start... I'm going to start describing my level of French based on whatever um, Duolingo level I'm on. Oh, yeah. That, that's not a good representation because I didn't take any, like, I didn't really take any formal classes. So everything I know is just from what my partner and his friends say to each other, which is not, like, grammatically correct. So yeah. I can't, I can't like, write an email. I can sort of write an email with, like, all the new spell check things in Google, but I can't, it's not well done but i could like have a conversation while skiing yeah you could speak super slang yeah it's, it's yeah it's like in the movie wayne's world where if you've seen that the character um cassandra says she learned english from watching police academy movies oh i do remember that <laughs> anyway good reference um, thank you thank you yeah and at our our mutual alma mater renowned for its language program um you have to take seven out of the eight like electives or whatever or, or course types oh, yeah. and i think both dave and i sat out language and took everything else yeah i forget what i sat out actually because i did language but i did spanish but really really poorly yeah yeah that's what i should have done was spanish poorly that would have um that benefited me more now <laughs> yeah well speaking of french language do you know the 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 french ultra runner benet uh marma marmisol i i then yet marmisol okay thank you so <laughs> um you 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 cut me from from butchering it even worse um yeah, so but you got a little bit of butchering in there which i appreciated <laughs> yeah I, I did get i did get some solid butchering in we we reached out to him um after western states to see if he wanted to be a special guest and um used like a poor google translate to to speak in french because we knew that sort of his interview was with a translator and all this stuff yeah. and uh that was our first um I, I think i think he he just did not respond um <laughs> I, think, I think it was just not gonna it was just not gonna work we yeah, had too, too much yeah. of a language gap yeah thank you so much for for joining and um and we know you're you're very busy with with all sorts of uh, amazing feats and and races and and everything else. But um, we usually like to to sort of start with um, just an, an introduction, if you don't mind, just sort of saying your name and a little bit about yourself for for our listeners. Yeah, um, my name is Katie Scheid. Uh, in French, it's Katie Scheid, and <laughs> I live in France, um, in the southern part of the Alps, about an hour and a half north of Nice. It's our closest major population point. Uh, I live in a village of about 50 people, and uh, with my partner, who is French and also a professional trail runner. Um, I grew up in Maine. I grew up hiking in the Whites in New Hampshire, worked in the AMC mountain huts in new hampshire um went to middlebury college uh also graduated from the university of utah and the swiss federal institute of technology uh with a phd last june in geology congratulations thanks yeah and th thanks for coming on we really appreciate having you and this yeah. is um i think this is our our second middlebury graduate guest right um i think so yeah uh, I don't know who beat me. Um, 
probably a less well-known runner, uh, Jim Pergolesi, that was was part of our class a few years before you, I think. Um, Although when he said the when he said the college name, I bleeped it out on the episode. <laughs> we, <laughs> which we, I was, yeah, partially because we're trying to. I don't know why. Uh, I it was funny. Maybe that was the main reason. Well, you yeah. should get Hillary Girardi and Jeff Colt, and then you can just keep having a Middlebury <laughs> alumni podcast. That, that would be amazing. Yeah, we we would we would we would love to branch out in the in the in the community. But yeah, Jim was uh, he's a he's a long distance runner as well, but. Um, more on the amateur level, I'd say. So not not sponsored or pro, but he did set out, he was talking about an FKT in the Adirondacks. Um, that was something like 130 mile plus. So he does he does long distance stuff too. But um, do we know if he set that FKT? I think he got injured. We need to check in on, <laughs> okay. on that. Yeah, I think he got injured at a race and was All unable right. to do the FKT. So we'll, fo we'll follow up next week about that. Yeah. And Katie, you're very uh, humble in your your introduction. I love that sort of one of the first things you mentioned is, you know, being being part of the huts and hiking around the 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 whites. They're near and dear to uh, to the the power motion picnic hour here. But for those that are maybe less familiar, we our our sort of listening audience is is a bit of a blend kind of runs the gamut of the running world. So we have a lot of road runners and short distance runners and certainly a lot of trail runners as well, but you've also won and placed very highly in like most of the, the, the biggest ultra races in the world. Correct. Yeah. Um, I think, I guess my best results on paper are probably winning UTMB in 2022. Um, second at Western States this past year. And I won the grand red, which is the Di diagonal de Fou, which is a major, uh, hundred mile race in France. Well, it's it's on Reunion Island, which is part of France, but uh, that's in the supposed Indian to be Ocean. a really really wild event, right? It's yeah, it's in the name. It's called Diagonal des Fous, which is the the diagonal of the crazies. So yeah, it's a totally <laughs> insane event, and it's named appropriately. That's awesome. And your Western States time was also the second fastest ever. So. Right. And so you would have won that won it any other any other year. Uh yeah, but it yeah, I don't I don't really it was the second fastest time ever, but you know, every year is different. So it's hard to say that I would have won any other year because the circumstances are always different. I appreciate you uh offering that up, but <laughs> Yeah, nice I framing. Like I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, a, it is a very cool way to look at it, though, because and we talk about this a little bit um, in relation to races or FKTs or or even um, I know you've 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 done some FKT stuff as well, um, Hut Traverse. And um, in any case, I, I you, you might know um, Jack. Jack Kenzel is a name that we've we've talked about a little bit. And even when he set the sort of reclaimed the. Um, or I guess beat his own fastest Prezi Traverse, sort of brought it back to the Dolly Cop uh, uh, way up the Daniel Webster Scout Trail and sort of something in his write-up, he said, you know, like, okay, this is a time now, but the the, the trail changes so much in each year. And like, it, you know, you've spent time on the, like the, the, the terrain is just drastically different than what it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And that sort of, I guess, acceptance that that these things are not like a time is 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 also like a point in time, which I think is sort of what you're saying. Yeah, I 
I can get behind like saying that there's course records at races when it's um, like a super established, always exactly the same route, like something like Zigama or uh, Sierra now, like something super iconic that's been in the sport for a super long time. Well, I think Western states could maybe fall into that, but I would argue that maybe the weather conditions and everything can change that. But even something like UTMB, people like to throw around like, oh, the course record. But if you really follow UTMB, there's small changes to the course every year. There's also like, I think at a race like UTMB, the course record is not really relevant because the race runs so differently each year, depending on who goes out in front. If if someone is, you know, being conservative, it basically depends on how the race is run. And I think it's it's more like when you think of marathon running, right? Like if you go to Berlin or um, I guess London, like a flat course, you're running for, it's basically a time trial. But when you go to like a championship style race, it, we don't really care what the time is, right? Like nobody really cares what their Boston marathon time is if they won. Um, it's, I guess they care, but it's who won it's not like if you were 30 seconds faster or not um right, yeah it's right. more like a it's more of a race than a time trial do you yeah, do you prefer yeah. do you prefer running in like a race with those like ideal conditions where you could set what would be a course record or or do you like it when the weather's all crazy and and it's not going to be a course record but it's going to be interesting and maybe come down to some other skills or or strategic choices during the race oh yeah i like i like crazy weather things because it just adds more to think about and more yeah it's becomes more than a fitness race i mean generally ultra running already falls into that category because it's not only a fitness race um i think it's we're starting to get closer and closer to that uh but there's still a huge gap between just being fit and winning an ultra race um so yeah i like when there's challenging conditions but also this year at Western States was pretty interesting for me to see what I'm capable of in like kind of good conditions and running against, I think it's important to note that like having Courtney at the race running so strongly pretty close to me for a good chunk of the race that for sure like brings up my confidence and my time as well. Mm -hmm. And having tons of knowing who's behind you too. So it's, it's a yeah. mix of things. Yeah, yeah. And something like UTMB too, there's, I mean, the, the distance, yes, there's weather. And then there's, there's also things like cows, right, that that can like, just cross the, the trail. And like, there's just so many variables. And I think it's, it's important to have like that, you know, what you're saying, which is an idea that that, you know, like a, a lot of times in FKT write up, we'll, we'll talk about all the things that could have like gone better. And, and it's sort of like, well, that's it's it's never going to be perfect right you just need to accept sort of what it is and and i think that sometimes gets gets lost maybe you have to accept the unpredictability of the cows is that what you're saying <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I, I that's what i i'm i'm, I'm postulating I yeah know. I, katie you'd have to confirm or deny but um. yeah i think there's there's kind of this mindset you see i've talked to other people who are kind of at a similar point in our careers where you see that those things that in your first races you saw as like oh, well, I would have been faster if uh, my stomach was fine or if my headlamp was brighter or if, I don't know, I didn't break my pole. But then you learn that those are the things that you actually, you can control, like you can get better at eating, you can, 
you know, make sure that your gear works properly, you can have a backup plan. And instead of seeing those as like, oh, well, you know, I would have been fine if that didn't happen, you approach the race like I need to control everything the best I can. And that's then I don't have like an excuse. It's just that's what happened. And that's part of the race. And I did everything I could to control all those things. But of course, there's a point where you can't control everything. Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's that's an awesome perspective. And now so on top of all these accomplishments, you are now special guest on the Power Motion Picnic Hour, too. So this is uh, adding it to my resume. Yeah, add it to add it to the resume. Um, so I would love to talk a little bit about, I mean, all sorts of things, but hopefully I know you, you go on a lot of podcasts and we'll try not to make you retread like the, you know, training and fitness and nutrition, whatever the standard stuff is, just point us in the direction of some podcast where you've already, already said those things. Um, I have no idea what they talk about on most running podcasts. I, (laughs) I don't really listen to any, I listen, (laughs) yeah, so I I assume they ask about cows as well, but I actually don't know for sure. We're not sure, yeah. but, but um, maybe kind of back, back to your roots, back to home a bit in New England. So um, you spent time up, up in the whites. You were, you, you worked at the, was it the Madison hut? Uh, I worked my first summer at Greenleaf. Then okay. I worked at Madison for two summers and then finished at Lakes of the Clouds. Nice. So what is your favorite mountain or spot on the, on the presidential range? Oh, wow. These are great podcast. I have nobody's asked me this in a podcast. Okay. Oh, good, good, good. Sweet. <laughs> um, oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I really like the Northern Prezies. Um, yeah, they just have like, I spent three summers in the Northern Prezies, so they have a special place in my heart. But I really love uh, Great Gulf, like mm-hmm. the whole Great Gulf Wilderness area. Sphinx Trail. Um, yeah. There's some really cool like little trails in there that are just just really like fun in like a type one kind of way mm-hmm. where you're kind of like crawling around, getting destroyed by bugs and branches. And I have a lot of great memories from Great Gulf and just, yeah, it's just kind of like a scrappy area and you really feel like you're in it um, more than something like, yeah, more than like a trail in Europe where hundreds of thousands of tourists have walked in the same spot so right right probably great golf that's awesome. a very new england answer right that's like a very ski the east vibes <laughs> i don't yeah. want to ski the east but no? I'll, I'll go where it run there <laughs> you're, you're done have you ever skied the east? did you do that growing up i skied a little bit growing up there was this um i don't know if you're did you, actually did you guys grow up in maine or are you from maine um trevor trevor grew up in new hampshire and okay. I and I uh, mostly grew up in Massachusetts. Okay, in Maine we had this like winter kids passport. It was for sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, or fifth, sixth, seventh, something in like middle school. And you got like a free a few free lift tickets to some ski hills. But then it was understood, obviously, that you were so young, your parents would come and pay for their yeah. ticket. That's how they made money, but it yeah. got us to go skiing. I mean, my parents didn't grow up skiing. Um, so I learned how to do like, you know, the snow plow at Titcomb Mountain, which is, I don't even, this is like one T bar. That's a hilarious so name. I, <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's probably like 300 feet high or something. I don't <laughs> yes. even know. But I could do like the snow plow down like a green slope as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't, I skied a little bit at the Middlebury College Snowball, but I was mostly a Riker like on the Nordic trails just because I felt like mm-hmm. it was more fun and like a better, it was like a more efficient use of time in my Ooh. head because you could kind of get, you know, be moving a little bit more than just freezing on the chairlift. Yeah. Um, yes, I didn't ski. I mean, I was like, I could be put on skis and get down, but I would not describe myself as like a good skier. And then when I moved to Utah yeah. in, yeah, in 2014, after graduating, then I kind of got more confident on skis. Okay, so yeah, so no ski that you ski the places with, yeah, the, better, no. with the better snow. <laughs> better, I was doing snow. more like walking around on fish scales, uh, yeah, in the forest, like ungroomed yeah. cross-country skiing. That's yeah. cool. I, I still love that. Um, just sort of plowing a track, uh, Nordic. Um, and I'm glad we already made our way to minor ski areas of of New England. That's a topic we we frequently land on, so... so uh, and Mount, we, Mount Mount Titcomb, um, we'll add, add to the yeah. list. Add it to the list, and we've never talked about the Middlebury Snowball either. I don't think. We haven't. Oh wow! Where I actually worked and, and taught skiing. Oh. Uh, which was pretty fun. Yeah, they they were lucky to have you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it was. I don't know. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I asked you my presidential range question. What about? Um, <laughs> How about just just routes, like some of the major running routes, um, or even not not major? Like, what's your what's your favorite? And and for context, um, sort of plotting out a lot of different ideas and and um, sort of beginning to think sort of like away from some of like the more sort of notable ones and things like. So I was originally going to do the the full Pemi loop next year but now i'm looking at things like mahusik and some of these others that are maybe not quite as popular what would you recommend in that sort of like i don't know 25 to 50 mile range in new england so my knowledge of the whites is extremely huts focused okay so every like every time i did anything it was to go to a hut or between a hut or like yeah, because I was always visiting someone. I don't think I ever like went. Yeah, maybe I did Chikoro whoa, like one time, and maybe the moats a couple times in the winter. Yeah. But other than that, I like everything that I've done is like within hiking distance of a hut, mm-hmm. running distance of a hut. Um, and at that time, I wasn't other than the hut traverse. I was not like interested in ultra running at all. I didn't know what it was. So I don't think I'm the best one to ask about this. I would ask Andrew Drummond. He okay. he's a wealth of knowledge. Okay, Andrew, if you're <laughs> listening, please. Yeah. <laughs> please yeah. Right in. <laughs> I've never done a Pemi loop. I think my sister did one because she worked at Galehead. Nice. Um, but I always wanted to do one. But because when you work, so like I, when I was working at Greenleaf, if you were working, then you had to be in the hut. Um, before 9 a.m. and after 5 p.m. Okay. So you only had this like eight hour window. So you couldn't do, I mean, maybe now I could do a full PEMI loop. I, I don't even know if I could do a PEMI loop in eight hours. I don't know what the time is actually. I think you could. I think you probably could. Can I just Okay, that would, that would be a real challenge to work a hut breakfast 
serve breakfast, <laughs> do your morning chore, like clean the bathroom, and then do a Pemi loop, come back and serve dinner. Yeah, that, that would be really difficult. Can I say, I don't, when you guys are talking about huts, I kind of have no idea what you're talking about. So oh. I'm, I'm, maybe on behalf of some of our listeners who also don't know, can we, <laughs> yeah, can we, yeah. can we explain that? <laughs> yeah, so the AMC High Mountain Huts are uh, a network of eight uh, High Mountain Huts that span from Pinkham Notch in the east uh, with Carter Notch Hut, the furthest east point, which is like just behind the Wildcats, basically, like so Wildcats ski area. Mm -hmm. And the farthest west is Lonesome Lake, which is just on the western side of uh, Franconia Notch. So they're meant to be about a day hike apart for like a family or like someone coming from Sudbury, like from a Boston suburb who wants <laughs> to come up for a, a maybe two night long weekend. Um, and they hire to when you pay for your night in the hut, it includes dinner an evening program, um, a bunk bed with three blankets, three wool blankets, and then breakfast. And in order to like maintain these huts, they hire um, enthusiastic college students, a lot of Middlebury students, uh, a lot of NESCAC students uh, who are living there and they're on crews of five to 10 people, depending on the hut. So, and the huts sleep anywhere from 48, I think is the smallest. No, Carter's 38 and up to a hundred. And I think Lakes was 103 when I worked there. I might have oh, that wow. number wrong. Something like that. Um, so yeah, Lakes has 11 people on their crew. Uh, so yeah, you basically spend the summer living and working there. Uh, you work 11 days on and three days off. And you serve breakfast and dinner. And it's a reverse nine to five. So you serve breakfast. Yeah, you yeah. have the, the middle eight hours off. Unless it's your cook day. And then you work from, from you're the first one awake at like five. And you're the last one to shut the lights off at like lights off is at oh man, this is embarrassing. I can't remember all the details. <laughs> I think lights off is at nine. Nice. Um, and then twice a week you pack out all the trash and carry up all the fresh goods. Awesome. Does does the I, evening program include entertainment? The evening program is usually put on by the naturalist, um, who is an even more enthusiastic person than the rest of the crew who wants to interact with the public even more than okay. everyone already did. <laughs> and they usually like walk around and point out some flowers or um, do a star talk or, you know, kind of a general nature talk. So there, okay. Yeah. So additional entertainment is not required. I was thinking yeah. about hiring even more enthusiastic NESCAC students who could, <laughs> who could put a dinner theater program together. Well, we do, um, <laughs> The whole like dinner service is basically theater, like we're in costumes and maybe s secretly drank a beer in the back. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe. No, you gotta, you, uh, I don't, you gotta replace I actually, calories somehow. <laughs> I, I say that now because I'm pretty sure that the current crews, I think they're like way more um, professional than we were. I think they're actually very professional and probably don't do that. Times is, yeah, that uh, applies to everything now, right? Like yeah. in, in every walk of life, there used to be a, the people having a beer covertly, and now that's that's all over. A disappointing, yeah. disappointing trend for yeah. sure. And, and but so, that was yeah. always the thing when when you visited a hut on your days off, 
you have to think about the hot commodity are things that are heavy because you have to carry them. Oh, yeah. There. So if you're visiting a hut on your days off or if anyone's listening and they're going to visit a hut and they want to bring a gift to the crew, you should bring something that's like very inconveniently heavy that they would never bring themselves. Examples that don't include alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say, because they don't <laughs> yeah. like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, like uh, we used to be super happy to get mangoes or, you know, like heavy fruits that you like a whole watermelon that would be like jackpot oh, wow. you know you're never yeah. gonna carry that up that's really heavy a pomegranate but then you're sort of stuck you know trying to figure out how to open it and get the seeds out but uh it's a kitchen yeah 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 somebody knows how to do it i'm gonna um, do it I'm, I'm gonna show up at one full dirty dancing style and just be like i carried a watermelon <laughs> <laughs> they'll be happy i'm sure yeah they, whether they get the reference or not they'll be happy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and so when you do your penny loop plus working day at a hut in your write up, you'll have to definitely explain how like the cleaning and breakfast prep, like just took away from what would have been a better time. Um, you got to make sure to do that. Um, nice. Um, and yeah, so you're, you're, when you're in a hut, like you, you are like, you kind of mentioned it, you're in costume and you're sort of expected to like be the entertainment kind of too, right? Yeah. There's also, um, um, like in the morning after serving breakfast, we, I, I assume they still do this. We would do a, like a skit that basically tells people nicely that they should fold their blankets and uh, pack out their trash and tip the crew. Nice. Those are the three messages and they're given in various forms of skits. Um, yeah. So basically you're always on, you're yeah. always, yeah, it, the I think the more exhausting thing about the job is that you're basically doing guest service 24 seven. Uh, and that's why they need college students to do it because you need to have enough energy to do that. And I would say by the end of the summer, if you go visit a hut towards the end of August, be patient. because <laughs> They might not have that much patience left. I don't know. Maybe they're better than we were. We were a little edgy at, by the time it got to August. Yeah. yeah. Back, back in the old days. But yeah. <laughs> Gotta gotta become world weary and jaded at some point. So you know. Yeah, you've had like maybe four thousand people ask you where the bathroom is. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So another, um, I guess, shifting gears a little bit. Unless I don't know, Dave. Did you have anything else on? Uh, I mean, you just learned what a hut is. So yeah. No, um, I'm I'm just here to. <laughs> <laughs> trying to follow along and be a I'm like a fish out of water type trying to be a stand in for some of our listeners who who aren't as experienced with um, you, you trail are... running or the ultra world or, um, you know, hut based dinner theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're oh, yeah. one of those you're one of those those road runners. Um, yes, for, for sure. We're, we will get you into the mountains. That's that's one sort of narrative arc that we're working on here I'm on just, the podcast. Yeah, I'm just yeah. too far from them. as So I just have to kind of run roads. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Manhattan's not a good place for for trail running per se. Um, so another, I guess, uh, that I will shift gears. So um, one thing we we often talk about, and it's it's it might center on the fact that we are Dave and I are not the best runners. We love it, but we're not like anywhere near. Uh, uh, you know, we're just we do it for fun, right? But so we end up talking about these these various efforts and. Oftentimes things just go wrong and like 
some of it's just simple dehydration, poor planning, things like that. But I'm I'm curious if you could share some of your sort of like uh, more troublesome experiences out there. And and I'm and I'll also add like every picture I've ever seen of you running, like you just always have like the biggest smile on your face. So like like is that is that just always the case? Or are you just always loving it? Or where have you kind of like hit some some rougher patches? Um. Yeah, because well, I mean, every race you hit at least one rough patch. But yeah, I would say there's a reason why like a lot of trail runners are like smiling in pictures. One is because it's a pretty small community, so you normally know who the photographer is. So it's probably like your friend. So you see them and you're like, oh, hey, I'm really happy to see you. Um, there are pictures that are taken of me where I don't see the photographer and I am not smiling. So I just want to be clear. I'm not just like <laughs> smiling the whole time. <laughs> there are definitely times where I'm like very focused or crying. I've definitely cried during races. So, um, yeah, I mean, most tough points just come from like really lows during races, um, which is usually caused by like not eating enough or like not being able to eat, which is a ongoing thing i'm trying to improve at mm -hmm. uh i have like a pretty touchy stomach digestive system that doesn't like the sport as much as i do uh so yeah a lot of points like that but i, I think that's pretty standard there's not that many people who can like get through a whole race without any stomach issue at all mm -hmm. um trying to think uh, i don't have any like really fun stories uh well you like it when the conditions get rough as you said so <laughs> so things going wrong is, is an opportunity to to write to push yourself and, and just yeah and problem solve i mean it's it's why we're there right like you don't sign up for an ultra race because you're like oh i want to do this it's going to be so easy yeah no, yeah I, yeah it's gonna be a walk in i mean park. you don't sign up for any race for that reason like even if i were like i used to do more road running in the winters um and you don't like sign up for a 10k because you're like oh this is going to be comfy like no right, it's right. so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah no the shorter the shorter the race the more you push yourself and almost kill yeah. yourself as, as quickly as you can <laughs> yeah i i just yeah. signed up for a four mile midnight new year's race though that i think will be oh that, that I don't actually think, sounds fun right that i don't think i'm gonna in central park that i don't think i'm gonna push myself that hard <laughs> yeah i feel gonna... like there's a i think it would be fun to do to have more opportunities to do just like fun style races where you're not where it's just like a run and yeah. not like a not a like race. i've always yeah. wanted to do you know this marathon the one in millinocket maine mm, is yeah. oh is it the um i think one of our guests uh was thinking about doing it and ended up getting injured but it's like kind of well I, anyway describe it yeah I, i'm not super i think familiar. it's just called the yeah it's just called the millinocket marathon but millinocket for anyone who isn't from maine is like up there yeah. and very far from everything and they have a marathon that's like in december i think in december um, right yeah yeah and it's notoriously just like freezing cold and I've always wanted to do it. I heard from a, a friend that it's just like people are just that the whole scene is just super fun. Mm -hmm. uh, there's people with like taking fireball shots, like in the middle oh, of the no. race. And they have like, you know, hot chocolate at the aid station. And it just seems like a, a fun kind of main community event. So that's yeah. something I'd like to do someday. I think it sells out really fast, though. So is I'd have it? to plan ahead. 
That sounds great. Yeah, it sounds like a very flannel marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get some get a, flannel running tights. Yeah. See if you can get a golden ticket for for Millinocket. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, I should say we're starting to to run out of time. So, if I don't know before we we finish this thing up, Trevor, do you have any more questions about New England? Oh, I probably have like a million questions, <laughs> but I, I maybe I'll maybe sort of give the floor to you, Katie. We've, we've asked you a lot. Anything that you were hoping to talk about or that you'd like to sort of share with the listeners? That's a pretty open-ended question. We can get more specific if if not. Yeah, no, I mean, I was mostly just uh, excited to connect with some New England running folk. Um, I was back in Gardner, Maine, where I grew up last this time last year, mm-hmm. and I got to meet um, some local runners there. And it really, it it was something that really stuck with me because I think sometimes I forget that there's tons of people who are running and like really. I I'm gonna start over because I think <laughs> people ask me sometimes like, "Oh, how are you motivated to train?" I'm like, well, I'm motivated to train because I live in this like beautiful place. I get to choose when I run. It's my job. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have goals that like I have specific races I'm preparing for. And like I, I really target them like throughout the year. And then you meet people who are like, who, yeah, we're living in Gardner. It's everything is covered in ice. They're running in like a wool cap. You like mm-hmm. every time you breathe, your lungs are on fire. <laughs> oh, and they're yeah. just like, yeah, I run every day. I'm like, I don't if I lived here, I couldn't do that. Like, so to me, that is so much more inspiring than what I do, because what I do is like, you can look at it as like type one kind of fun and what they're doing. I, I think you have to have this like real love for, for like, not necessarily the sport, but like for the movement and like actually being like experiencing running really in the most difficult conditions I'm not really there yet. Maybe someday, but yeah. So hats off to all the New England runners. I don't know how you survive the winter. That's 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 really awesome, Katie. Thank, thank you so thank much, you so much for joining us. That's yeah, thanks, really guys. Awesome. This is the Power Motion Picnic Hour. Wow, what a great talk! That was amazing. Thank you again, Katie, for joining us. That was so cool. Yes, thank you, Katie. Yeah. All right. Well, well, here we are on the other side. Um, yeah, that means we have to to think of some other things to talk about. I have I have so much. I mean, there's and we don't have that much time really. Uh, but you know, there's there's weekend running. There's mailbag. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, why don't Why don't you kick us off, Dave's well, choice? Well, I I got yeah. I did get an interesting. We'll start with mailbags. I got a couple interesting entries. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we we solicited a question from our our listeners. If any of them were good at math, and uh, oh, yep. if they could if they could tell us how many. Um, if they could figure out how many people voted in the the bird of the year contest, uh, right, right, which, which based on based on the percentages um, carried by each bird for for the different categories. Yep, and we, so you know, after uh, two episodes ago, we got an answer written in, and then what, what, what was that answer? And and and, and just real quickly, and then we yeah. didn't we didn't discuss it last episode, and so I got another mailbag since then saying, "What's the answer? <laughs> What's the answer?" <laughs> so uh. we got. Let me find it. We got an answer written in the um I think I think they wrote in 15. Yep, 15 was the the answer we got. Yes. And is that correct? It is it is in some ways close. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to we're going to say not correct. 
it is not i mean in the world of math it's it is quite binary isn't it uh this yeah. is not a correct answer no i think the, the correct answer is uh seven people voted correct correct <laughs> for, for bird of the year a modest turnout but these things are all these things are all you know building we're we're definitely just just sort of uh a lot of this year and i guess we'll get into a lot of this sort of retrospective on our on our uh, grand finale of 2023 yeah uh, which will be next episode um give listeners something to look forward to but but everything we've done sort of in this first sort of eight eight months of of podcasting it's all it's all been been you know semi-experimental right we oh just yeah are, we're just we're just picking things up as we go yeah this is this has not been fully approved um but you know math i think in a lot of ways is like running you have good days you have bad days um so yeah. just i guess you know this might have been for some of our listeners doing math at home and writing in uh not the best math day but just keep putting on those running shoes or, or your math shoes and the next math problem that comes out, you know, just try again. That's right. Yeah. I, I can think of a few, few different sort of, um, uh, corollaries maybe to, to running and, and running wisdom. One is, you know, um, a race it's, it's, it's not about, it's not about, you know, finishing it's, it, it's, it's just about starting, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Having the, having the courage to just take that step and, and go do it. I'd, I'd say this, this listener embraces that. Um, and yeah, and it also, I, I think ties into some of, some of what we were talking about with Katie, which is, you know, like things shouldn't necessarily be about, uh, about like, you know, time or place, uh, place in a race or getting the correct answer in a, in a math problem. It, it should be about sort of the experience. Was it an adventure? Did you have fun? Um, yeah. I can just hope this listener, you know, sort of exercised the brain a little bit, um, did, did some work. And I say got, got close because we, we said that, you know, there, there was the potential that a listener would land on the correct factor of the number, but not the number itself. And in that case would have probably done the math correctly. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, this, that's all to say, you know, bravo listener. We, we appreciate your math. Uh, and, and thanks for writing in. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, I got the impression from the way they wrote in that this listener didn't like write out the math problem and try to figure it out that they kind of just <laughs> took a stab, which, um, soul, soul, math. <laughs> soul, math. Yeah, doing some soul math. Exactly. I think it was clear though, that they, that this listener did, um, not receive or give any un- unauthorized aid <laughs> on that math problem. <laughs> unsupported. It was yeah. an unsupported effort. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's it'll go down in 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 legend, much like um, you know certain certain FKTs are. There's there's always some debate. There's the website and the tracking, but then there's also these you know tales of people that you know uh, ran it many years ago before they you know track things in in such a manner, right? That's um, right. Uh, unverified, uh, cannot verify, but um, yeah, that's right. Well, what a great, what a great mailbag. What a great mailbag. I guess I have one other that I, I didn't really want to bring up, but it got written in by two different people. And maybe, maybe this one I could bleep the hell out of. Um, okay. just to, but because two people wrote in about a certain pop star and her, um, her pre-tour exercise routine. Yeah. I think that how it's like basically an ultra marathon workout. And she does like three and a half hours on the treadmill, just singing her whole show. I'm just not going to say her name. Uh, <laughs> And, yeah, uh, no, 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 no need. No, yeah, need. but that's something I'd like to try. Um, 
myself. I know, I know as someone who's done a lot of singing on stage while also being kind of um, very, I don't know, athletic, jumping around and moving a lot the whole time, that it, it takes some pretty good conditioning to do that kind of thing. And singing is pretty exhausting on its own. Yeah, yeah. And to be, yeah, and a lot of the early, um, the early sort of, uh, sort of aerobic buildup that coach had me doing, you know, one of the, one of the tests, one of the the measures. So trying to just sort of, you know, you're not, you're not pushing, you know, serious pace. You're not trying to get your heart rate too much. You're just trying to sort of stay in this, this zone and having a conversational, you know, being able to still sort of talk without too much, without like a belabored breath was, yeah. was a good indicator of just being in that right that right place so you, you have to kind of be there to, to 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 sing your your whole three hour show for sure while that, running. that's kind of one of my favorite parts of if you're ever running with a friend where like you're running pretty far maybe let's say you're running 10 miles together and you're having like a great conversation you know, but then yeah. you get to then you get to like mile six <laughs> just no yeah. one's no one's talking because <laughs> you're both exhausted and you, you don't have the you don't have the uh, it's, it's it's among the reasons why i i, I prefer running slow um, yeah yeah so yeah, you can speed. practice your set. Yeah, speed is just a way to go go a little bit longer in the amount of time I have. But but um, but yeah, like the long the long slow stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. And so you said you had some other stuff you want to talk. Uh, well, that's all. Yeah, that's all I got. Mailbag. Do you have any mailbag or no? Uh, I don't think I have any mailbag this week. Um, well, well, weekend running. Um. Yeah, it's just kind of a normal weekend running. Uh. But I, since we were, you know, we, we talked for weeks about how busy and sick we both were. Um, and then when I finally got back to running, it, it felt a little rough. But I finally, mm -hmm. two days ago, I just got out there right after work in the evening, ran along the Hudson River. It was like 55 degrees and just ran about seven miles um, and just felt amazing. It was probably the first like amazing feeling run I've had mm -hmm. in, in like a month or six weeks. So it was pretty awesome. So, yeah, great week in running. Five out of five would recommend. Yeah, and I'd say I I'd say I had uh, in some ways similar, but in some ways quite opposite uh, weekend running. Um, similar in that, yeah, I've been sort of feeling feeling a bit you know out of shape, not quite in the shape I I was in at the start of the year um, through to my race in in September, but um, but have been feeling like pretty good recently on some recent runs. And this, this run I did, um, sort of the notable run of the the week, uh, I did not feel very good. It was, <laughs> it was, it was cold out, lungs were burning, uh, and I was dragging, uh, in particular on, on the uphills. So, oh. um, again, this isn't to, to, to lament and, and, and be negative. It's sort of, it's, it's just, uh, building up more of the case for, uh, this exciting turnaround and and sort of refresh on kind of more serious structured training, uh, thinking about some goals and and some big big stuff to look forward to, and then and then sort of build a plan around that. So it's all just sort of the the baseline of 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 where I am now, and and shows that there's you know a lot of a lot of room to probably get some quick quick gains too once I once I uh, get back to it in earnest. So. Uh, I'll spin it. I'll sort of reframe it and and spin it as a bit of a a positive in that case. Yeah, and it's also a positive in the sense that we we tell a lot of our guests that our favorite uh, thing is when or when they tell stories about when things go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah. nice. It's nice for us to give back and provide uh, examples of when it goes wrong for us, even if not as hilariously wrong as it sometimes happens. Yes, yes. Even our even our 
very average running is is prone to you know some rather wild swings yeah uh, uh but so yeah that was my weekend running well what a week and i think that segues us nicely into maybe worth mentioning this is probably our second or last episode of our inaugural year mm-hmm. uh, comprising of one and and seven eighths of a season um next math problem tell us how many more episodes are left in this season if we've if we've done the seven eighths of it um or if we do this one plus one more in a year how many next year will be one eighth okay you get it um pencils down um it's, it's, the, <laughs> that confusing. Was the, it's a confusing math question time's up we'll put the math question more clearly in the instagram put your please reply <laughs> with an answer on dave rawlings instagram and uh just to keep the integrity of the system but yeah after this last what i'd call a normal podcast episode i think we're gonna have one more this year where we'll do not just the week in running, but the year in running. So stay tuned, right? Coming up, we're going to have a, a big update of it, update of an episode with with follow-up and information and who know, anything else we can make up on the fly crammed in there. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff. We sort of, you know, answer some questions that were, were put out there earlier in the year, um, get some updates, you know, just some fun, fun end of year stuff. Yeah. Um, which I imagine they might do on, 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 you know, podcasts. Yeah. Ge- gear shed item of the year, maybe song of the year. I can't wait to find Ooh, out who wins, who wins oat bar of the year. That's, <laughs> that's going to be a close race. So yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll announce all that. And, uh, and as always, if you have any questions, you know, figure out a way to get in touch with us and hopefully we'll remember to address it on the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Would love to come into next episode with a with a you know the mailbag bursting and um, a lot of stuff to respond to from the community as well. Um, I think we got a lot to look forward to next year too. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. I can think of no better time to ramble on about the seasons than at a year end uh, retrospective episode. So I think we should probably leave it as until next time. Onward. Special guest, Katy Sheed. This is the power mode.